Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and food consumption. It is Monday, Monday of Thanksgiving week where Hank Vogler will be cooking a ham for all of his employees at the Need More Sheep Company in White Pine County, Nevada. Happy National Leg of Lamb Day, lad. You try to steal all those. You want the Christmas to be Leg of Lamb Day. You want Easter to be Leg of Lamb Day. You want Fourth of July to be Leg of Lamb Day. You want the National whatever day to be Lamb Day. You can't take them all. Well, okay, but let's just review the material here. <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> Lamb of God, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Lamb of God. Okay. Yeah. And you guys got a ham? Jewish people did not eat ham. Jewish people do not celebrate Christmas. Well, I realize that, but they don't eat ham either. So don't be giving me the Christmas ham, by <laughs> Ellie. And then Easter is the resurrection of yeah. Jesus. The birth Lamb of, of God. Birth of Christianity. Whatever. And you guys got an Easter ham, too. Well, yeah. I'm just trying to even the playing field, the level of it a little bit, rather than take them all. But, I, you know, we will. Uh, well, no. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Uh, there are several half turkeys in the uh, freezer that will be distributed amongst the troops. And uh, maybe they'll eat lamb and feed their dogs or something what what do you mean a half turkey people do people say i don't know turkeys betsy uh, came home i thought boy those are the smallest turkeys i've ever seen they don't look any much bigger than a chicken and uh i said are those full turkeys she says no they're they're kind of they cut them in half or they're parceled out so how do they cook the giblets in the dressing then I, you know, I just got a feeling that the Peruvian sheep herder, that'd be real low on his list of things to do that morning. <laughs> do you have turkeys? Yeah, I know you have some, but what's your population of wild turkeys like? Oh, there's a few around. Uh, once in a while you run onto them, but uh, I think the coyotes and the eagles keep them pretty well mopped up. But we don't out of 50 states, Nevada's 75th in turkey production. So we don't, anyway. and I'm talking wild turkeys here. I'm not talking about turkey production, but uh, we have a tremendous number of coyotes. I don't think it makes much of an impact on our turkey population because it's only going to only catch a turkey when it's in the egg, right? Well, they catch them when they're little, wouldn't they? Do because. The turkeys, baby turkeys, start flying real fast because the uh, big turkeys they kind of roost up in a tree, don't they? Yeah, I don't. Uh, They're not I, ground I, nesters I, like sage hens. I mean, last week I got plenty of calls when we started talking about the deer population, <clears throat> but I, I, I don't. I'm just not thinking that a coyote is catching a lot of turks when they're running around. I think they got to get them as eggs. I do have a gizmo in front of me that yeah. would possibly well, be able to look it up and have an answer. 
Bobcat probably would maybe get get them too. Yeah, we so just we're not. They're praying. We have once no in a while what. we see a bobcat. Yeah. Well, you don't often see a bobcat, no matter how many there are. The trapper stopped by yesterday. He's already got the season just opened. He's already got six. So I see evidence of Anyhow. bobcats once in a while. That's just pretty rare. Yeah, they're kind of a nocturnal animal. But nonetheless, they can catch birds, you know. I I shot a wild turkey one time, popped his head off with my 7mm Magnum, and uh, it didn't even taste like domestic turkey. I kind of liked it. I hate to admit that, but it was pretty good. All right, so, so this says that coyotes, fox, and great horned owls occasionally kill adult turkeys, especially nesting hens. But it they are not very effective at it, and all four turkeys only make up a very small percentage of the diet. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. So now, now we know. Moving on. Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm kind of hotter than. I'm oh, I didn't realize you had something tools. burning under your saddle. Yes. You know, over the years, I've given you so many wonderful opportunities to uh, have your ship come in. And I have my latest. I, I just know you should be in on the ground floor. Okay. And you should okay. donate at least 50% and we'll split the profits. All right. Billy Bob's, Billy Bob's Burka Bazaar. Yes, sir. That's what we're going to sell burkas, wool burkas, head to toe okay. burkas, gloves, everything. You got it. Oh, you think it's going to get I, cold? No, no. I that's that's what I never could figure out. Those black burkas that you see them wearing in the Middle East, mm -hmm. and and it's got to be hotter than a two dollar pistol. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but nonetheless, <laughs> you know, you got to kind of get on the cutting edge as fast as you can because I mean. With it, the people my age protested all kinds of things, and probably the older people thought we were all nuts, and probably were a little bit goofy. And then you know everything got thrown in, and and before that it was civil rights, and just protest has been part of the American society for years and years and years. First World War, the uh, veterans uh, came and protested, and and, and others uh, against Hoover. I mean, there's Protest is just part of the system. The only bad one, of course, was January 6th. That was just all the end of the earth. But anyhow, I cannot get, I can, I'm sorry, I just cannot wrap my arms around why these young people don't read enough to realize women cannot be educated. They cannot leave the house without a male escort of their own bloodline. Uh, they, they cannot have a job. All of these things. Just uh, they are about as uh, the, even animals. The, uh, a female animal is considered unclean. And they got to wear the burqa and all that business in the pure deal. Well, then when you look around in their pure deal, we we gave money to Saddam Hussein for years to whip up on the Iranians. Mm -hmm. And then there's Houthis. 
And there's all these different flavors. So they're no better than the Christians having everything from Nazarene to Assembly of God to Baptist or what. I mean, all of these things are out there and they want to go back to the ninth century. I do not understand it. So you may as well get on board, give them what they want. Yeah. Women in America will want red, blue, green, yellow burkas of every flavor. And it'll be great. I mean, it's all wool. Uh, we'll offer them wool. It's a fine grade. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a, a nirvana. I, I, I just know it's going to make a, a dollar two ninety eight first go. So I'm filling in the blanks here that you're uh, alluding to the Muslim infiltration at the southern border. Well, that and all the kids going out in the street and and uh, with their anti-Semitism and and all their business with the uh, protesting uh, Israel, you know, the birth of Jewish religion, Muslim religion, and Christian religion all came from the same spot, and they all went different directions, and they all argue about all this stuff. But if you read a little history, if you read what's going on, I can't imagine why young people in the United States would be embracing not only a terrorist group, but a group that wants to subjugate women to the point where they have zero rights. And and, and uh, uh, you can marry up to four women. And I mean, it's just a kind of... I just cannot get my arms around it. That how silly can you be? Goes right back to what I've yelled at for 20 years. Education, education, education. Indoctrination is the way of the world. Hank Vogler will be back with more Education 101 after this. You know, I don't believe there's a big difference when it comes to breeds. You know, the Piedmontese possess the myostatin gene for tenderness. I grant you that. But when it comes to everyday working breeds, it's more important that you work with outfits that you can trust and you can rely on and are going to be there. The Red Angus cattle that Scott and Kim Ford at Cross Diamond Cattle Company have put together are exactly that. Cows that go out and get the job done in the environment that they're in, bred to whatever bull you want to be a part of, you can raise cattle with the performance and expected Uh, profitability in today's world it is about consistency and that is what the fords have put together check out the bulls crossdiamondcattle.com bull sale december 11 welcome back roll route trent lewis alongside hank vogler checking in from north spring valley nevada hey a little fun fact that i discovered this morning and i want to get back to your burkas 1% of the world's population emits 16% of the world's emissions. The wealthiest 1% emit more than the lowest 66% in terms of economic wealth. How about those numbers? I got a better one. 1% and their emissions wipe out the environmental impact of 1 million wind turbines. There is no environmental impact with a wind turbine, by the way, but just if, according to their lies, they're trying to tell us. Take that to your county commission meeting tomorrow. 
they're on Wednesday and we won't have one now till December. They do give us a reprieve during Thanksgiving. We're having a heck of a time with the road department needing more money because more roads want to be adopted. You know, people are moving out further and further, even out of downtown Ely and uh, wanting road services. And, and it's controversial and just same old stuff. You know, where are we going to get the money? How are we going to do it? And everything like that. And so they had voted the last time to adopt a bunch of the different roads that are out in the county. And I made the suggestion that they find the, the uh, funding for that by uh, using the salaries of the county commissioners. And the audience <laughs> thought it was pretty hooty. But... <laughs> yeah, I bet they did. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else did. You know, I mean, why do you have to have such a stiff neck? I mean, you know, why? <laughs> they're, they're, you know, we're all going to be worm food one of these days. Why not at least and try and enjoy yourself? I mean, yeah. why don't you look around and look at all the programs that you think that you, it's not costing you anything because there there's no matching funds, but it's a government program, and it many times costs more to administer than the grant. But nobody wants to look at that because it sounds like they're getting something for nothing. Uh, you, the government cannot give you anything without first taking it from somebody else. So anyhow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> I can imagine your yes. uh, your reelection for White Pine County Commissioner is two and a half years away, but yet your two compadres are already looking for donations to take you out. Oh, gosh, yes, I hope so. <laughs> people people ask me, how am I doing? And I go, well, 57% of the voters voted for me. That was pretty uh, nice. And 99.999% uh, of the bureaucrats are mad at me, so I must be doing something right. Yeah. Anyhow. That's a home run. <laughs> but... The, so back to your emissions claim. Yeah. That's that's pretty serious. It's that's very serious. serious, you know. It's uh, very serious and, because and that, yeah. it, here's the thing, Hank. I'm not anti-emissions. I, I, I think that the one percent should go do what they want to do when they want to do it within the laws, within the guise of the law. But here's the problem: the one percent who are doing the emissions are now trying to eliminate our emissions, which it eliminates our life. doesn't eliminate our emissions. It eliminates our life. Why, why do they have to come and impose their, their tyrant rule over everybody else? Just go do your thing. Fly your jet. Eat your food. What, eat your crickets. I don't care. Just don't tell me what I'm going to do. Do as I say, not as I do. You ever hear that one? No, not for the last 22 minutes. <laughs> yeah i mean it's just yeah and, and the the amazing thing is is you know how many people don't even uh, you know when the sun goes down they go to bed because they don't even have one uh 60 watt light bulb or electricity either one or indoor plumbing or lots of things you know so uh, but i think it's the same way throughout history the romans the greeks you know there's all at the the end of the day they, they all wind up with decadence at the top it's just part of the program you know <laughs> you just have to you just have to uh take it with a grain of salt and move on you know and, well, and eventually it will write itself hasn't that all i mean you can talk about where all the religions began but 
this has been the issue from day one. I mean, it doesn't no ever question change about it. No, it's 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 the part of the human mitochondria that belongs to all of us. I mean, when you were living in a cave, uh, somebody wanted to have the best spot in the cave closest to the fire. Uh, that that's you know that's power, that's struggle, that's everything. That's the part of the seven deadly sins. You know, just jealousy or whatever. You know, I <laughs> just you. Uh, Whatever the experiment here on the earth is, uh, you have to work around these things. You just because you're not going to change them. You're just it's it never will change that uh, that I know of, unless some other power uh, comes down to earth and says, "Knock this crap off!" Or I'll it's time. The roundup has begun. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I I don't know I don't know what to do uh, other than point it out. That's the fourth arm of government has always been supposedly the press. Well, the press has been compromised by power and money also, and they want to scoop the story. So if you want to scoop the story, the people who are in power uh, can give their version of the truth, and then you get favors. You get to sell. Uh, uh, advertisement or whatever. So so then suddenly you become part of the problem, not part of the solution. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's just, uh, it's just either, part of human nature. Either you are part of the solution or you are the problem. That's correct. So, And farmers are the solution. Some- so consequently, the 1% continually look to the farmer as the problem. You got it, mister. Yeah. And control the food and you control the populace. That's that's pretty pretty easy to do. You know, hungry people will do anything to eat, including boiling their shoes and all the things that they did over the years when uh, Stalin or whoever pushed them to that limit, you know. So I think it, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna get prejudiced against any group of pe- people and 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 a and go after them. I think it's the Manarticans. They're they're just overpopulating the earth, and there's just too many of them. And they got some really bad ideas. I think their brains are froze. Have you looked at the birth rate? You know, those in the are the world ones we should lately. be protesting. The the world's birth rate but, is. I mean, you as a sheep herder are not going to survive if you have the birth rate, birth rate success that the world's population has right now. Okay, but they're all Muslims, and so I'm going to be selling my burkas. I tried to throw you in the deal, tried to help you out, but nope, it just wouldn't even step up. <laughs> Billy Bob's Burka Bazaar. I think it's snappy, you know. We'll sell a bazillion of them. Are you knitting them, and I'm marketing them? Is this is how this works? Because I, I can't get Kelly to even get, allow me to get 10 Merino sheep because she's afraid she'll have to shear them. You do that no, once a year. No, no, no. Well, We'll farm that out to the people in Indonesia or Vietnam or something like that. Somewhere there's cheap labor, you know, or maybe get the Uyghurs Uyghur. to do it. We'll do it in Uyghur, China. I hear they got a good forced yeah. labor program going. Dang right. You yeah, let's step up to that plate here. Yeah. I'm, I got a China scenario I want to run by you when we get back, but I can't do it right now because I only got a minute left. But uh, just for those that did not catch that, my tongue in cheek about Uyghur. Hank had to teach me how to say it, by the way. 
but we actually have a law on the books that does not allow us to have any components made in Uyghur, China, that entire region, because it is known they use forced labor. I, You know, it's funny how we look back in history, we talk about the white men owned slaves. If we talk about China, forced labor, we don't use them, we don't call it slaves, forced labor to make our solar panels and wind turbines. Folks, therein lies the problem. Hank Vogler, Trent Luce, we will take a break when we come back. I don't know. We'll talk about Billy Bob's burkas. We'll talk about something else. Also, we'll talk about the Church of England, the separation of church and state when we return with a second half on Thanksgiving week 2023. Hank Vogler, after this. This is actually just about like the Cross Diamond story. Simpson Farm Enterprises from Hayes, Kansas, with stores throughout Kansas and Nebraska, business and customer service through the entire Great Plains of America, High Plains, Apache, and the Northern Great Plains. We talk about the Apache sprayer technology and innovation and reliability, but at the end of the day, none of that really matters because everything, no matter how reliable, breaks down. Do you have somebody that you can call and is going to take care of you like nothing else matters? Well, you do if you work with the folks that handle Apache sprayers. Pride in service is paramount. Get details about Simpson Farm Enterprises on the web at simpsonfarm.com and highplainsapache.com. They have two stores as well at High Plains Apache, one in Mandan and one in Fargo. Stop by the store or come and visit on the web. It's all about reliability. we got to take care of these pests. And I'm talking about plants, plants out of place, weeds, and insects. Apache sprayers get it done time and time again. i got to see if I can get some folks from the Apache sprayer world to the National Western this year in January. That would be pretty cool. We could talk to people like Husker Harvest Days. Apache sprayers at simpsonfarm.com. Welcome back, Trent Luce. Hank Vogler on a Monday, Thanksgiving week, 2023. Um, so, you know, we've studied, you go back and research everything about the pilgrims. I had a question this week, though, because I had to write my column, and obviously I wanted to write about Thanksgiving. 1620, you have 109 people get on the Mayfire. There was two boats. Most people know that. One ship started leaking, so it went back, and four people crammed on the Mayfire, and they 66 days come across the ocean. First winter, half of them died because they are living on the ship trying to build their community, their village, whatever they were building shelter for. And then the next spring, the local American Indians teach them how to fish and grow food and do all of these things. And so they start to begin to exist. I, here's my, here was the question I had to ask, Hank. In 1620, who didn't know how to fish? In 1620, who didn't know how to plant something in the ground, cultivate it, and let it grow? How come you had to have the Indians teach you to do these things? Somebody was growing food in England, and I don't believe that it was done by corporate, uh, corporate Great Britain at the time. Everybody had to have some knowledge about how to grow your own food in 1620. Okay, uh, my wife would call that uh, Mushu Baldo, which means... <laughs> Why is it that I get that matter. statement about once a week? <laughs> <laughs> because 
there's a lot of history out. The history always goes to the winner. You know, the losers do not get to write up the 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 editorial. Uh, for yeah, I, I'll go along with you. Yeah, they should have known how to fish by 1620. I'm sure there was corn that had gone into Europe. The pilgrims were communists. <laughs> they were all there for one reason and one reason only to have this perfect commune where they all chipped in and everybody worked hard for the central government or whatever you want to call it. The celebration was a celebration of the failure of communism. They finally said, okay, okay, you produce something, we'll trade it out. Well, you know, a little freedom here. Oh, and by the by, the deal with the Indians was probably help them gather food because uh, maybe they were a little inept at, at hunting turkeys or whatever, but they had something that the Indians desired. They had steel to make axes, steel to make knives. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, and fire sticks, guns, black powder fire sticks. And why did they want those? Because as Indians wanted them to go up the street and whip up on the heads of the Indians that are up the street that they didn't like. Imagine that. And when so was the black powder rifle invented? Uh, I don't know that they were black powder. I think they were those wick guns, uh, you know, and that might be a falsehood too, but they always showed the pilgrims shooting a turkey and they all had a blunderbust with them. So, yeah, but, but, but compared to a, a but, longbow and an arrow, that's my point. Uh, I'm beginning to think no, I, I don't even know what to believe in history. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, maybe they didn't have very many guns. I would think that somebody would say, hey, uh, NRA probably would recommend that you take a gun with you to the New World. So, National Rifle Association, I'm sure, was in, in vogue yeah. back then. Okay. So, according and, to Britannica, because everything's factual, but it can't be too far off. By the late 13th century, the Chinese were employing true guns made of cast brass or iron. So, yeah, they, they probably did have some weapons. Yeah. Which, which, again, re-illustrates <laughs> the Indians have uh, things made of bones, arrows that they shoot at a turkey, these pilgrims come over with black powder weapons. <laughs> Who's teaching who how to uh, find their food here? I don't think the Indians are doing the teaching. <laughs> Give a man a cigar. He can be taught. Yeah. Okay. All right. They so then what trade. The, the, the real story I wrote about, though, which is often lost, is that 41 of the 109 uh, occupants of the Mayflower were Protestant separatists, and they had previously yep. left England to go to uh, what is now the Netherlands, and they couldn't make it work. So they came back, and they had to get away from religious persecution because the Church of England was started by was it was tied to the Roman Catholic Church, but it was the the king, the Church of uh, England. Uh, yeah, well, that whole movement came about as well, but that they were leaving the church and the king being the same thing. Yep. Yep. And that all gets swept under the rug because it's so much nicer 
But <clears throat> just imagine you're a Stone Age person. I don't know how long it would take to nap an a, a obsidian knife or something that would be sharp enough to skin a buck. And here these people had iron things. I mean, that absolutely uh, was, to them, unbreakable, invincible. And, and whether you made an arrowhead out of them or, or, or whatever you did, it was things they could, an axe had to be quite an instrument for oh, these yeah. folks that absolutely. were already there. No, and they know. have stuff to trade. That's so, like the yeah. best AR you and, could yeah. ever have of the day. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I realized that the Indians by now probably knew that those dumb bum, bums that showed up in on uh, Manhattan Island and they got $24 worth of beads and, and blankets, you know, and, and look at what a mess they made out of it. You know, who would want that place, for gosh sake? So they already knew that there was trouble in paradise. I mean, it's just, yeah, but it's a fractured fairy tale. They were celebrating the failure of communism. And and this stuff about, well, they taught them how to, yeah, how to fish, how to, well, well <laughs> I don't believe that. I never have. In reality, though, Hank, the tribe was communist. Oh, yeah, there were leaders in the tribe there. Yeah, right. you bet. You, you didn't you own bet. anything. Right. You worked for the chief, and the tribe was the the ultimate government you you just work for the government but you could not survive as an individual because you oh. would be somebody else's slave right i hate to tell you this but there was lots of slaves in the americas when people showed up even before 1619 nah you're making that so, up no i'm not <laughs> no no they had they had they traded obsidian out of Eastern Oregon off of Glass Butte, where that, that tribe of Indians kept people right there to protect their wealth, which was the obsidian. They traded it all the way to Salt Lake. They Every once in a while, you find an obsidian arrowhead around here. Really? And and uh, the big shots will tell you that's where it came from. When they, they would go for salt and, and uh, other trade routes through the country, they, they traded obsidian. So, yeah. It would and, be and really. What about the folks? What about what? Folks? What about the folks that had the the, the Salmon Falls uh, on the Columbia River? Uh, they had they traded those dried salmon to for a lot of things. So yeah, they were capitalists too. I mean, they when the horse showed up, uh, I believe it, one of the Umatillas out of Pendleton and across the river had a hundred thousand horses wow so yeah you know oh by the way chief seattle he had slaves we got to change the name of that outfit immediately no more seattle no more seattle oh i might, I we'll might make a it, deal uh, about that well well we can call it fentanyl <laughs> instead of instead of seattle that'd be better <laughs> Sadly, this is not a laughing matter, but it would sadly be more appropriate. No. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm, yes. This is and your new. Course, this is your new campaign. This is your new campaign promise. We are <laughs> going to change the name of Seattle to Fentanyl. It's more appropriate. Yeah. Well, or uh, Ching Ping. 
all you got to do if you want to clean up your city is just invite old Chi over and they'll be out there and they'll clean that puppy up in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Which, which uh -oh, is uh -oh. Val, Val wants outside. He's going to go outside and kill a grizzly bear. I'm sure of it. That a boy. You get him. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hank, I had a. A two minute, no, excuse me, an hour long radio discussion last Thursday on the K Fire Cafe with two individuals. I should, I should find this archive so you can listen to it. I had a South Dakota State Extension person, and I had a person that works for the BLM, the Department of Interior, not actually the BLM through the park system, and they were making the case that we need to kill cedar trees, Russian olives, number one, because they weren't native to North America. They're not native to this part of our country, the sand hills and whatnot. And that shelter belts do more to harm the wildlife and domestic animals than they do to assist them. It was a fascinating discussion. You would have loved it. It's something that you've been arguing. It's even though maybe it wasn't about shelter belts, it's the same general argument that you've had as long as I've known. Well, but the shelter belts, every picture I've ever seen them are just kind of there by the house to keep the sand out of the windows. Uh, uh, are, are, they, correct. are they miles long? Are they miles wide? It depends. So in North Dakota and some of South Dakota, but mostly North Dakota, there's long mile, if it's a section farm, uh, there's a shelter belt maybe that goes all the way through, which was about protecting from wind erosion. For the most part, uh, shelter belts are on the north side of a dwelling, yes, or a homestead. But we have shelter belts out in pastures as well, where there's areas that cows can get into in the middle of winter and protect themselves. Usually you fence the shelter belt out, so the trees are just there to protect you. But they're making the case that the predators hide in the shelter belts and kill these these wildlife animals and more importantly they say i can't believe them that these uh cedar trees and russian olives have seeds that spread out into the pastures and they destroy the grassland i said you know what that comes back to management i manage my property and get rid of those little lone wolves they even got a name for them lone wolf that comes up in the pasture hank wilgler roll route we'll be back with more after this so I referenced the National Western. It's all coming together, and the days are ticking. The National Western 2024, January 6th through 21, is going to be absolutely unlike any other. The All-American Beef Battalion is going to be feeding veterans on the first weekend. That'll be at noon on January the 6th, and that kicks off the bread female sale and an absolute two weeks of pure pleasure when it comes to resource providers. NationalWestern.com. See you in Denver. Welcome back. Rural Route, Trent Luce, alongside Hank Vogler, checking in from North Spring Valley, Nevada. I want to talk about China, but before I do, did you want to weigh in on uh, shelter belt destruction? Well, didn't they plant trees that would be harvestable timber, or are they just small no. scrubby timber? No, they're not harvestable timber. They're just trees that are there for protection of homesteads and wildlife and animals. But here's the I thing. I promise you, you'll get a. In, in the 50s and 60s, there were government programs. You can still get a government program to uh, uh, give you a tree to plant a tree for a shelter boat. They have a, an incentive 
to do a program, the same government that's now paying a friend of mine to take him out of the Valentine Wildlife Refuge. It's the craziest thing you've ever and if seen. You're worried, if you're worried about predators, then why don't you put out some 1080 and eliminate the predators? Then the wildlife and the domestic livestock would have a better chance of survival. So if it does draw in the odd coyote into those, okay, put them out of their misery. Predator-prey relationship has been going on for some time now, you know. Couple I'm sure years. when you were in your cave and you didn't have your fire going and a short-nosed bear came in, it's about 15 feet tall, he probably, you know, ate you like a package of M&Ms. So, I mean, just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Get over it. You cannot. Well, you not cannot if you had your black powder rifle there that the Chinese made in the 13th century. <laughs> and you could make a nice rug that you could use <laughs> to sleep on or sleep under. Yeah. Yeah. What? Where do you think, you know, when people quit wandering around naked in the colder climates, the first thing they had to do is figure out how to get mama to chew hides. You know, you talk about forced labor. Several of my wives and a bunch of my kids probably thought working on the need more was forced labor, too. Every so, kid is a forced labor situation on a farm or a ranch. you got to better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So just get over the, you know. Did you? It, hey, it's sort I, of like, I, uh, hold on. Did you ever consider that if you hadn't forced your wives to chew leather, you wouldn't have so many? <laughs> well, Yeah. But, you know, uh, they're not as costly when they, they're ready to leave. You don't have to, you know, they don't they don't want any uh, compensation for their time spent. They just, just want get to out get here. out of here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it all boils down to don't watch what I'm doing. You know, do as I say, not as I do. And, and these peripheral things that tries to change the human nature of people and of the world, that's what they want to talk about so they don't see what they're doing or something. I mean, it's just, I, okay, we're not going to eat anymore. Okay, we're just going to eat uh, soybeans. Okay, well, somebody's got to grow soybeans. Oh, no, we're going to eat bugs. Oh, okay. All, you know, I mean, we're going to save the world by eating bugs. Well, uh, I think I got better things to do, really. So I don't know. It just it, none of it makes any sense, and the less sense it makes, and you get enough people to believe it, you get the youth of America out there protesting for a bunch of thugs called Hamas against people that have been very prosperous and are somewhat of a democracy. The Palestinian people are—they're no different than the Chinese. The Chinese people. If they could change their government, I promise you, unless you're on the inside, I think that government would collapse in a minute, and that may yet. Uh, I mean, their economy is slowing down. There's things going wrong for them. Communism uh, only lasts so long, and, I, and probably capitalism too. But trying to put the genie back in the bottle, the toothpaste back in the bottle, uh, in, the, in the tube, you can't do it. And they gave those people a chance to prosper. Maybe that was a little crooked, a little under the table. Maybe they borrowed a few things. We did the same thing. England, we were supposed to ship all of our raw materials to England. They were supposed to be processed there and brought back. 
and it was people that figured out how to uh, make things in the United States and how to have grist mills, all the uh, everything. A lady came up with a, a how to uh, clean wool, uh, cotton. I mean, just everything. The cotton gin. I think her name was Green, but she was the woman, so a man had to, to patent it for her. Whatever. I mean, all of these things were people wanting better things. That is ingrained in every human being. If 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 you're the best hunter in the tribe, you probably have the most ladies. You don't have to have a Corvette. You just had to be the best hunter because you could provide and therefore those genetics could move on. It's in us. Are you telling me Whitney did not invent the cotton gin? That's a fact. Now, given the fact that the pilgrims were all about communism and the Indians just wanted their guns and all the, and now you're telling me Eli Whitney didn't invent the college gin, I, I, cotton gin. I don't even know what I to think believe he, anymore. I, I think he actually invented bourbon, wasn't it? Eli gin Whitney was came from England. <laughs> no, oh. a little humor, <laughs> a little diversion. I'm there now. <laughs> Hey, okay. I want to get to this before we're out of time because a friend of mine, uh, Tony Nyhart, who is um, retired, he's a veteran, United States Air Force. He actually spent some time in Secret Service. He's been in intelligence gathering his entire life, military career. He gave a presentation Thursday night for Kelly's group, and it was um, about the China-Taiwan War that he says is imminent and that it will begin within he's he put a number to it which i don't ever like to do but he did he said within five to 16 months we will be in all-out war with china and taiwan and he walked through everything that's happened in china over the last couple of years preparing for this and the one i'm going to start with and i'm going to send you i have this recorded on my rumble account uh you can go watch it on Trent Luce at Rumble. It's 40 minutes long. I'm going to send you a link because I want your insight to do the fact that you're not more knowledgeable in China than anybody I personally know. Um, China has 20% of the global population and currently 70% of the grain stocks in the world. China is permitting two coal-fired power plants per week. They're ramping up their supplies and they're preparing for something big. I'm interested to get your take once you watch this 40-minute piece. Well, I'm not surprised. And I I look at it from the point of view that people figured out how to go around the government there for years uh-huh. and years and years. And then Dong Xiaoping let the genie out of the bottle, and now this guy's trying to get the genie back in the bottle. Yeah, that's pretty so, much what Tony right, said. And, and it's failing. And I think it's failing miserably. I think it's failed terribly. And as it fails, don't, you know, watch watch what I'm doing over here with my left hand. Now, just think about it. You got to be pretty insane, and maybe that's the problem. But you got to be pretty insane. Eighty percent of all the chips that go into computers and all this stuff comes out of Taiwan. Correct. 
So you're going to go over there. The Taiwanese people escaped China with Chiang Kai-shek. Yep. They went over there to get away from Mao Zedong. You, and you don't think they're not going to fight back? Their people were killed escaping. Uh, all of these things. So if you're having trouble, whip up some nationalism. But the Chinese people in this country, unless they've been sent here to spy, I always tease my wife, she was sent over here to spy on the American sheep industry. So even though uh, Ching Ping's wife was her senior officer when she was in the army, he must not like her. <laughs> Send her over here to spy on the sheep herders. So I, I don't know. Those people mm, I've talked she's to. She's the lucky one, I Americans. think. <laughs> yes. And yeah. they are absolutely livid that if something does happen, that they will be the ones that get punished for it because they escaped communism, came over here, and many of them have become very prosperous. Look at the statistics. They smoked through the ghetto. Now they own the ghetto. They own stores. They own businesses. They own things, houses, lots of things. They educate their children. They they have become very good citizens, most of them. I mean, there's a bad apples everywhere. Uh, I mean, it's just that's the way it is. There are, uh, people are exposed all the time for craziness. But I think he's losing his grip. And and the people in his own party would like to get back to some moderation. So whip up nationalism. Whip up, let's go beat up on the... Well, okay, so if they destroy these factories, uh, how are they going to run their computers? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, they're building coal-fired plants because they're not crazy about... Uh, windmills, uh, but they'll sell us windmills or solar panels or whatever. It's just, right. it's just the, 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 it's crazy. It's, it's nuts. It ain't working, but we're paying for it. They're putting that food together. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because maybe they've had some crop failures. They, there's stuff going on there that they don't talk about. And, and maybe they've had some crop failures. If they uh, pile up that food, they don't have the storage capacity in a lot of places and that stuff rots. And it, it, so, yeah, it's a, I think it's all smoke and mirrors. I think it's the people all over the world that want to control the world and keep all of us peons, peasants, you know, down. And, and I think she is a part of that group. No so, doubt about it. The most yeah. interesting thing that Tony said, and you'll see this or hear it, you can listen to it or watch it. Uh, and you just verified it. But the founder of Texas Instruments, something that all of us grew up with as kids, well, not you, Hank, you're too old, um, moved back. He's 80 years old. He moved back to Taiwan because he saw all of this playing out, and he knew that the only way Taiwan would survive what China was going to do is if they had something the world needed and the world would rally behind Taiwan and be there to help them in a time of need. And apparently that time is now. For Hank Vogler, I'm Trent Luce. We've successfully journeyed down the path connecting food producers to food consumers. And we remind you that all roads do lead to a roll route. All right, man. The only thing I have left to remind you about is certified Piedmontese. If you as a consumer would like a consistently tender eating experience when it comes to the beef world, then there's a couple of things you can do. But first and foremost, go to the website, cpbeef.com. 
Com. Order the tender product, and not only beef. There's a tremendous assortment of all proteins, a plethora of proteins, I like to say, that are there at cpbeef.com. In fact, now that I have the On the Loose Scotch Ale out and about in circulation, I'll be at the headquarters of Certified Piedmontese because we also have a restaurant and lounge there. We'll be broadcasting from Beef and Beer, cpbeef.com.